Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. My name is Sebastian Richard. And I'm Elizabeth Richard. And uh, we've been doing this for quite a while. Before we started broadcasting, we were doing the Thriving on Purpose podcast, and now we've transitioned to broadcasting. And if you want to follow uh, episodes of this, tell our audience what they can do if they want to make sure that they don't miss any of our broadcasts. So you can go to thrivingonpurpose.com. You can sign up to our email list on the front page and uh, you'll have access to our upcoming broadcasts. You can also go to YouTube and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Thriving on Purpose. And that way you'll be notified every time we have a new broadcast coming out. So, um, and if you're a podcast listener, then the best way is to go to thrivingonpurpose.com and sign up to our email at our email list. That way we can send you our uh, broadcasts, uh, which we also MP3 in podcasts as yeah, well. Yeah, the email list is, is getting bigger because as you know, when you're doing a Christian broadcast, uh, when you're on social media, more and more social media is censored and Christian content is censored. So if you guys want to make sure, sure, sure that you don't miss anything, go to our page, thrivingonpurpose.com and make sure you sign up for our email list. And that way you're going to be uh, notified every single time. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we get started with the broadcast tonight, which is titled, by the way, I think it's, it's very fitting. We titled it Finding Strength in Spiritual Warfare. And speaking of spiritual warfare, I think we cannot um, ignore or not talk about the U.S. election, mm -hmm. uh, the process that's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, this is, <laughs> guys, <laughs> this is spiritual warfare at its finest. And uh, we have to bring our A game in this season. So if you're a believer in the most high God, which you probably are, if you, if you logged in to watch our broadcast, we have to bring our A game and intercede on behalf of America, yeah. on behalf of President Trump. And on behalf of what we know the agenda is. See, I, I'm noticing in my surrounding, Liz, and I don't know if it's like that for you. I, I think it is in, in part pretty much for you too. But in our immediate surrounding, people who are not believers, they really take the narrative and they go with it. They, they really believe it. But when you uh, listen to the beat of a different drummer, which is what we do as Christians, we walk to the beat of a different, different drummer which is God, we know what is at stake. We know what's actually going on right now in the United States. And we know that a Democratic Party that would come in would mean basically ushering in big time socialism and maybe eventually, Liz, uh, uh, communism. Because the problem uh, is this with this election. It's, I feel in, in my heart, and it also statistically speaking, when you study politics and when you say the trends of the last let's say i don't know last maybe five or six elections you know we know for a fact that the numbers uh, because of the numbers this is america's last chance at a, a revival it's america's yeah. last chance at becoming great again basically and what made america great was its faith mm -hmm. uh, alexis de tocqueville Alexis de Tocqueville was a Frenchman uh, back in, I think it was in the maybe 1800s, I, I, I forget, and 1700s, 1800s. 
he was sent as an ambassador from France. He was working high up in the government at the time, and he was sent over to the United States to find out what made America so great, because America was really moving up mm -hmm. and becoming such a successful country. So he went and he did a report, and, and I don't have the text with me because I'm, I'm off the cuff right now, but the, man, it was amazing. If you guys look it up, Alexis de Tocqueville report on America. He said he went into its industries, looking at the, the, the industry of the American people. He went into the politics of the American people. He, stu he studied the politics. He went to the, all the political assemblies and buildings, and, and he watched them, uh, how they were interacting. And he went in, in the farms and the agriculture, and he went in the schools, and, and he said all these things they did very well, but there was not anything that really separated America from Europe or from France, for that matter, in what he saw, the way mm. they did things. Yeah. He said, it's only when I entered America's churches that mm. I finally understood. When thundering from the pulpit, fiery sermons about the righteousness of God and the goodness of God, and, and, and he went on and on about saying how when he went in America's churches, he finally realized what made America great. It was their faith in God. And he mm. says, he says, uh, America is great because America is good. The day America ceases to be good, it will mm. cease to be great. That was the end of his report. And friends, mm. and, and I want to say friends, I know most of our audience is American. Uh, and and I, I, I have a lot of American friends and I know what you guys are going through right now. I'm going through the same emotions. We're watching it on TV here. I just saw Mayor Giuliani uh, give a press conference and he was he was mad. And uh, but th the truth is starting to come out, which is really interesting. Uh, and me and Liz were, were uh, dumbfounded this morning when we went to bed like we didn't see the obviously we didn't stay up too late yesterday at 11 o'clock. But when, when we woke up this morning and we saw that there was still no results and it was pending and all that uh, and the, the chaos that was ensuing, we're like, whoa, I smell a rat. And actually, I smell more than one rat. There's a lot of rats <laughs> right now. But, but we, we are in spiritual warfare. We are locking arms with our the fellow Americans. Uh, we have been doing so for weeks prior to the election, and we're still locking arms with you guys in prayer. And uh, we are, um, it's, it's, you're going to see, we're going to see great things. Great things are coming. The truth is just starting to come out and it's going to come out in, in, in much bigger chunks. And it's going to be, they're going to be exposed. Those rats are going to be exposed and Trump is going to win that election, but it's not going to be without a fight. So that's why we got to bring our A game. This is why we're, we're in this spiritual warfare. This is just one aspect of it. There's also a spiritual warfare on a personal basis, which is what we're going to address tonight, finding yeah. strength in spiritual warfare on a personal basis. Exactly. Um, but before we begin, so for, for those of you that follow us, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Trump, Trump. And I know so for some believers, they're wondering, well, why? are all Christians vo voting for Trump and, you know, like we're in Canada, but we're very much um, rooting for Trump. And the reason is because many, many um, men of God have had um, visions and dreams of uh, Trump uh, being elected, 
not because they're patriotic and they want Trump to be mm. elected, but because God has appointed him to do a cleanup of the swamp that's in the government of, of America. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of elite controlling uh, different things in the government. There's a lot of mm. uh, moles, if you want. And a, a lot is completely wrong with the justice system. And I think we know this just by looking at it in the U.S. and in Canada, uh, what happens to children when they get raped or whatever. You know, like there's so many things like these criminals barely get away with anything. Um, and, you know, pedophilia is becoming even more um you know, justified. And I mean, this world is completely going down the tubes, down the drain, basically. So um, God is trying to do a reset, basically. And he's using Trump because Trump has what it takes to fight on these satanic people. I'm just going to say it straight out. They're satanic people. Luciferian satanic people. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's in the background. So for those of you that are just watching, you know, just the, from a political perspective, it looks like, you know, this fight against this arrogant Trump that says he's so overly confident against this well, sweet uh, man well, I that just looks very, this. Yeah, I just you know? want to address this for a moment. The personality thing, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people find Trump abrasive. Actually, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I find him abrasive. I find him, mm -hmm. yes, arrogant and all that. Yeah, it's not so, because so, we so love, his love his character. So his personality mm -hmm. may be lacking, but he's still the man for the job. And, and he's, he's a lot of, of prophets, men of God and women of God have called him a Cyrus, an, a, a modern day Cyrus. And Cyrus was a, as we know, an, a non-Israelite ruler who was hand chosen by God, actually predicted, Isaiah predicted uh, Cyrus's appointment 300 years prior. So he was handpicked by God to rule for a time. And God used that man mightily to help Israel. So uh, this is the same thing right now. There's a swamp that needs to be cleaned up in America. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's a big swamp in Canada that needs yep. to be cleaned up. And we're praying for a Trump-like person to rise up to the occasion and, and create that kind of movement. We need it here badly. But we're right now, since we don't have it here, we're living vicariously by looking at Americans. And we're hoping that it's going to come that to Canada. <laughs> but yeah. we also know one thing, that America still sets the tone for the world, mm -hmm. whether whether we like it or not, whether you uh, love them or not. I, I happen to love America. I, I happen to have a grandfather who was born there. But the point is, America still sets the tone for the world. And what happens there influences and affects the rest of the planet, especially at this very important crossroads. So... Uh, Trump is going to clean and make it ma do a major, major cleanup if he's really elected, which I have no doubt that he will be after all the dust settles. But right now we're in a raging storm. And uh, I like what Jeremiah Johnson said today. And he says, we're seeing the prophets of Baal doing their thing, doing with their tambourines and they're cutting yeah. themselves and they're calling down for Baal. And it's, it's looking impressive. So a lot of the people of God right now are like, Ooh, Maybe maybe it's not going to work out. Maybe Trump won't be reelected. Uh, but we just have to be fervent in prayer. We just have to be steadfast and keep the faith. And this storm will pass. And in the end, t Trump will be standing in victory. And the thing that we need to understand is, even though this personality might not be. And see, that's the thing with Christians. Most of them want a pastor. They would like a I don't know. A Billy Graham. They would have they would have loved to see Billy Graham as president of the United States. But that's a pipe dream. That's just that's just nonsense. It's 
for the job that needs to be done right now in 2020, Billy Graham would have been chewed up and spit out. And I'm sorry to say that. He didn't have the, the type of character that is needed for what needs to, be, to get done mm -hmm. in America right now. And Trump has the backbone to do it. And the, the other thing down there, I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> what I'm saying is basically he's, he's the guy for the job. He's the guy who's willing to take those bullets and, and to, to just do the, 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 the stuff that's for many other politicians. And that's, that's why it's so great for the job is because he's not a politician. He was not raised in politics. He was not mm -hmm. groomed in politics. He was groomed outside of politics and the business world and the shrewd business world. And he knows how to be shrewd himself. Uh, and and he, he once did a, a thing that I heard, it was funny because he, uh, he was in his uh, limousine and the governmental, the, the presidential limousine going somewhere. And they had a flat tire in the, like out of, in the middle of nowhere. And a guy came out and he helped them out and he changed their tires. They, they, they were, they were come dumbfounded with the situation and Trump signed him a check, a check. He signed that guy a check for $50,000. And he said, tell no one because it's bad for my brand. <laughs> It's bad for my brand. The point I'm making is this guy is not as bad as people say he is, but he's he, he has to portray a very hardcore, very kind of um, rough, uh, no BS image in order to bring about what he needs to bring about. And mm -hmm. his image is very important for that role, for, for what he needs to, to get done. If he was this this nice guy, he would just get completely trampled upon. Hey, enough about politics. We need to get into this because it's going to be a long teaching. I'm afraid I'm going to have to cut some parts of it because it's kind of long, but uh, it's really good stuff. And it's I think it's relevant because we're all we all have our fights, our battles to fight. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Too. Yeah, we're all facing, you know, even when we're going to find out about the, the results for the real the, the election and all that. Um, it you know, Trump is not out of the water. Uh, we as believers are not out of the water. Uh, we still do have an enemy that's uh, after Christians. Out of the woods, I think you meant, Alice. Out of the yeah, water, out of the, out out of the woods. We're, he's <laughs> not forget. out of the woods yet. <laughs> We're not out saying. of the woods. He's not so, out of the woods. Yeah, so, you know, the spiritual warfare is basically something that is uh, just part of the believer's walk. And we need to know um, how to be strong in adversity when the, the enemy comes against us. Um, you know, you'll find that the more that you do for God, the more that you put yourself out there and that you make some noise for the kingdom of God, yeah. the, the more adversity comes your way. So yeah. it's just part of the process sometimes. Yeah. So, um, so that's why we want to talk about this because I know that for a lot of you, you do want to see revival. You do want to see things shaking in the right direction and for Christians to get hot and and become you know on fire for God, so um, I know you want to make a difference. So this is really a, a, a great uh, teaching for you guys. Amen. And and always remember all throughout what, I, what we're going to teach tonight that the devil never fights you for where you are. He mm -hmm. fights you for where you're going to go or where you're going to be, because he he does have a way of, of figuring out the future. He's he's. Yeah, got, he's he got some experience some stuff, in that. Yeah. yeah, he does know some stuff. So he knows. Uh, so he's, he's and he fought me for where I was a long time, but I didn't know. I thought he was fighting me for where I was. He was fighting me where I was for where I was going. So, uh, yeah, when I was young, when I was younger, uh, I, I 
said that in many other broadcasts. I suffered from great, great depressions, uh, severe depressions, where I was actually uh, contemplating suicide, wanting to take away my own life. And uh, I didn't know at the time what was going on. I was just, I, when you're in it, you don't always see clearly. Mm -hmm. and, and so that was my own personal battle. That was before I met Elizabeth. But when I met Elizabeth, uh, I was not out of the woods. I would never, as Christians, we never are out of the woods. As long as we're living on earth, we're going to have uh, conflict. We're going to have spiritual warfare. We're going to have battles. We're going to have all kinds of trials. Um, so when we met, uh, we, we got married. And uh, uh, then... Uh, oh, we when, had a lot of uh, a lot of heat. A, lo a lot of heat a lot before of heat we got from, married. Yeah, from our, our families uh, before we got married. Um, it was kind of strange. It was like they they approved of our, our 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 union and then kind of decided against it for different reasons and um, and then ended up you know we ended up getting married and everything was good in that in that way. But yeah. then there was adversity uh, in our in both our families uh, during the first few years of our marriage. So that was yeah. really tough on us. And you know, looking at it at first, you know, we kind of looked at our families. But now that, you know, yeah. we're years later, we yeah. looked at the situations were like, that was not normal. You well, know, there was a cool. lot of like enemy interference there just yeah. to try to break us up so that we wouldn't have the children we have now so that we wouldn't be doing thriving on purpose. Uh, so the, the enemy does know quite a bit about our future um, to want to, you know, break us up at an early yeah, early stage. And, and Paul says we're not fighting against flesh and blood. And that's so important to remind ourselves because in, in, in my experience, this is what mm -hmm. has become now. When I see someone come against me, I don't look at them. Uh, well, oh, uh, George is coming against me. No, I, I'm looking at, OK, the spirit in George is not liking what I'm doing or is not liking the spirit in me, the Holy Spirit in me. So then when you see it from a. Uh, a spiritual warfare perspective, you understand mm -hmm. that you get manifestations too. When, when you're walking in with God, when you're walking in the spirit, you can walk in a room and get people manifesting, uh, giving you looks or, 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 or you feel hate emanating from them. That's spiritual. And you, you, you need to get used to that when you're walking with God. So, uh, like I said, uh, I, I suffered great depressions when I was, uh, uh, younger and, and, also, when we got married, a first house, we had all kinds of stuff happen in the first couple of years in that house. It was, and it's not, it was not a haunted house. I mean, it was just an elderly gentleman there and he was not doing witchcraft in the house. I can assure you the, the house was not haunted. Well, what we went through the first couple of years in that house was very, very hard. And it made me, it, 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 it was, it made me realize all these things that were happening. At some point, I came to a realization, wait a minute. This is not just bad luck. This is not just life is hard, quote unquote, uh, or we're having a rough patch. No, no. After a while, I realized, okay, the, the enemy is fighting us right now. We need to fight back. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to, to kind of like light up. And I had been a Christian for years and years. So it doesn't have anything to do with your uh, spiritual maturity or uh, it really has to do with being aware. We're spiritually aware. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the thief, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the thief, we know who he is. That's the devil. That's Satan. And so, like I said, in our first house, we had a lot of stuff happen. Uh, for example, two months after we moved in the house, two months after we moved in the house, I'm at work. Liz calls me. She says, uh, Sebastian, she says, 
a thief broke in our house. Our front door was open when I came in and uh, everything is, is messed up. The, 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 the drawers of our living room are all open, the clothes all over the place. And, and I, I said, well, call the cops, call the cops. And I got off from work and, and we went to file the report and it was awful because we just moved there. And so you, you're kind of like starting out your life in that neighborhood uh, thinking, well, are we, are we safe here? So that was hard. Uh, later that year, there's a big tree that, that broke. We had a big tree in our backyard. We had actually three or four, but one big tree fell. It was a storm and it completely crashed. It almost fell on our house. Thank goodness it didn't, but it was a lot of debris. It was just awful. Uh, there was a fire that broke out in our trash bins because I I, I was kind of silly. I had put some some ashes there and uh, I was inexperienced. But nonetheless, there was a fire that caught our our house almost caught on fire as a result. Uh, also, later, a while later, we're, we're away on vacation as we went to Florida for a week uh, for a restful vacation. And uh, lo and behold, the, our, our basement got flooded. We asked my mom and sister to go and check for our mail. And they get there and there's the basement is completely flooded. The sump pump failed us. And so we're on vacation trying to unwind and relax. Yeah, and that so completely that. <laughs> that completely ruined it for me. We were I mean, just I, there for a week on top of that. I was just trying on the phone, and well, you know, what about this? What about that? And and I was just like worry, worry, worry. It was nothing good about it. Mm. Uh, and and uh, another word, uh, another one that happened. Well, first of all, Liz got pregnant. So not long after that, Liz got pregnant with our first child. And uh, we're on the road. We're going to work. We used to work together at the same place at Canada Post. We're on the, work, the, the road on the highway. There's a big truck that comes and he changes lanes. He's in the left lane. We're in the right lane. There's only two lanes. He was, for some reason, in the left lane. He doesn't see us. We were driving a Ford Escort station wagon. And if you guys know, back in those days, they were very, very low to the ground. For some reason, he didn't see us in his, in his um, what do you call it, uh, André Mar, uh, Um His... Um... What do you call it? I forget. This blind, blind, blind spot. Blind spot. Blind spot. He didn't see us there. He just goes on us and just a big truck like that. He just tipped us and we went spinning on the highway. Uh, flat, our lives were flashing before our eyes, seeing oncoming traffic coming towards us. Me trying to regain control of the wheel. We ended up in the ditch uh, among the, the, the almost in a, in a pond. Uh, going like uh, crazy. We were going at 100 kilometers an hour, 60 miles an hour. It was insane, yeah. So that was very scary. Liz was, was the whole time I, I had my hand like this trying to protect her and she was screaming, <clears> screaming <throat> her lungs out. <laughs> was, that we were just spinning and, and was, spinning and spinning. In that, the was middle of the, that was nightmarish. That was nightmarish. And to crown that awful year with even more bad stuff, uh, when, when Liz was a term for with her pregnancy uh our daughter i'm going to make a, a story as short as possible our daughter our firstborn jennifer she passed away just a few minutes after being born she was diagnosed with a pul a pulmonary dysfunction she had underdeveloped lungs and therefore she was not able to breathe on her own so she needed the umbilical cord to breathe that's why she was alive inside of the womb but as soon as the cord was cut and she needed to breathe using her lungs that was a fail because she had very tiny tiny underdeveloped lungs 
and she passed away. It took like 15 minutes, not even. Uh, so that, as you can imagine, was a huge trauma for both of us. Uh, put a dent in, uh, in our hearts. It was very difficult to overcome from a uh, parental point of view. I grieved for my da daughter. She grieved for her daughter. Yeah. Uh, and even after that, there was a lot of uh, family discord because yeah. of, of her death and a lot of things arose. So it was just like, um, it was just, we thought it was bad luck at the time, but yeah. Looking back at it, you know, we just knew that that the, well, the, there's a lot of stuff. After all that, was... after all that year, I, we we had a it was like a tsunami of all kinds of stuff happening, and yeah, um, which weren't weren't normal. It wasn't normal, and yeah. obviously the devil was attacking us, not for where we were, but for where where he knew we would be someday. So he knew we would be doing the thriving on purpose broadcast, which is helping you right now. <laughs> but he was really going at it hard, and finally. Finally, the Lord opened my eyes and I knew this was this was the enemy. I understood that. And it's funny because, well, it's not funny. It was actually tragic. But steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy, the thief, comes to yeah. steal, kill, and destroy. Check this out. We got stolen. First couple months, we got our house got stolen. Our basement got destroyed. Half our house completely flooded. Big renovations. Cost us thousands of dollars. It was destroyed. And killed. Our daughter died. When I connected the dots, then I understood. Okay, we need we need to we need to do something. We need to learn this. We need to we need to, we're not we're 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 rookies. We we don't get this. I didn't I didn't understand all that. Today I understand more. That's why I'm able to teach it to you guys. And maybe part of that was uh, in order for us to someday be able to teach you guys this. And I hope it's going to help you today. So the devil, the devil wants to hurt you. Because you're doing the work of his enemy, who is the Lord God, your father. And he wants to silence you. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a teaching here, a short teaching that you're going to be like, wow, it's amazing. It's really insightful. So it's from Luke chapter 22, verses uh, 31 and 32. Jesus is having a conversation with Simon Peter. And he's basically uh, telling him that he's going to go to, uh, actually, no, it's at the end. Yeah. Uh, so he's, uh, he's risen. I think he's risen. Is he risen? I think he's risen at that point. Yeah. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you mm -hmm. as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon. No, he's not risen. No, he hasn't. He has not risen. He's about to go to the cross. I think I have to check, but I, I just copy pasted the, the passage. I think he's about to go to the cross. So he's saying to Peter, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, in other words, when you have re recovered from the attack, from the sifting, strengthen your brothers. And as a guy who didn't grow up on a farm, let's can attest to that. Um, I didn't understand at all what sifting meant. I mean, I was like, what does sifting mean? I mean, I've been reading that passage for years and years. And I'm like, I need to know, I need to understand what sifting means. Yeah. So I went and looked it up. I was like, I want to know what sifting. I went on YouTube and I wanted to see what the sifting process is like. So first of all, Satan asked the permission to Jesus. He asked to sift all of you as wheat. 
So Satan doesn't have free access unless you're sinning. Satan doesn't have free access to come in and, and hurt you. Okay. Sin gives him that access. Or if you're not sinning, he needs permission from God. Okay. Because there's a hedge of protection around you, just like there was for Job. So the way it starts the sifting process is that the wheat is put into a coarse screen. There's a like a screen that you're holding like this. The wheat is put into it. And number two, this is very interesting. It is then severely shaken. That was exactly the words that I got in the video when they were explaining the sifting, sifting process. It is then severely shaken for a long while. Severely shaken. Severely shaken. Now, what, the shaking is necessary because it separates the good part of the wheat from everything else that is not desirable for the cereal, for the wheat. So that's very interesting to me because it makes us realize that that's why it is allowed in certain cases. Because it separates the good from the bad. Mm -hmm. It separates the good from the bad. It, it's, it can, in certain instances, be allowed by God to sanctify us. In certain cases. We know the book of Job is, is not speaking of, of, that's always like, God doesn't always operate like that. But in certain cases, it can serve that purpose. And even if it, it's not, even if, if the, the attack doesn't serve necessarily that purpose, God will take it and turn it into something good. Yeah. He will help you. At, you know, uh, everything um, is for the good of those who love God, right? Uh, God can turn everything into good. I forget the, the exact uh, wording of it. But don't forget I'm French. <laughs> so here's the, the important part, okay? We're getting to point number four, and this is so, so crucial. So in the video on YouTube, it said that the farmers say that they can hear the wheat falling into the bin. So it separates the wheat from the bad part. So they hear the wheat falling in the bin. And they say that when they don't hear it anymore, they know that it is all sifted out and that's when the lights went on i was like whoa well jesus compares us to wheat and he compares the, the unbelievers the bad ones the pears okay the seed the seed of the evil one the pears and his seed the good seed and the devil wants to silence he wants to bring it to i don't hear them anymore i'm going to shake them severely and when I don't hear them anymore, my job is done here. That's when the devil knows that he has fully sifted you, is when you are silent. You're not speaking up anymore. You're not talking about God anymore. You're not decreeing, declaring anymore. You're not raising your voice up anymore. When you're silenced, he knows he has sifted you out. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to shut you up. He wants to go after the impactors to negate their impact. He wants to go after the fruitful to make them fruitless. He goes after the active to make them inactive. He goes against the willing to make them unwilling. He goes after those whose voice is heard to silence them. That is what he wants to do. And that's what he wants to do with you. And we also know from the scriptures in Peter in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. 
Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Now, the, the devil is going around prowling like a roaring lion. And Liz, you have an interesting story to, to tell the audience tonight because uh, I don't even remember. What was it that I had preached about that night? Uh, the, you were talking about the temptation that Jesus went through in the desert. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Matthew. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I was teaching our, our Monday night Bible study. I was teaching about the temptation of Christ and how uh, Jesus Christ had the victory over the devil in that temptation. I was giving a, a pretty good teaching on that. And that same night, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And tell them what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he always snores every night. So I'm used to his snoring. You're not supposed to say that <laughs> to the people. So I'm used to his snoring and usually he falls asleep <laughs> right before I do. And so sometimes I, I kind of look at my phone on a dim light and I was just like watching, you know, different things on Facebook, whatnot. And I'm like, oh, wow, he's really snoring quite loudly. No, actually, I wasn't scrolling at that point. No, I actually had woken up because you were snoring loud. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I woke up. It was probably around midnight, something like that. So we had been asleep for at least an hour, an hour and a half. And um, and I heard him snoring really loudly. And I was like, oh, man, will he, like, stop? Because sometimes he, he snores and then he kind of, stop like wakes up himself right and he falls back asleep but usually that gives me a few minutes to fall back asleep and, and then i don't just, hear him <laughs> for the rest of the night sock and she puts it in my mouth <laughs> so i didn't whack him or anything but anyway so i was <laughs> like felt like it. so i was really like in a deep sleep right and i was like like half awake and uh i hear this it's like it was really strange it's like all of a sudden i heard Sebastian, like, shut, shut up. Like, like, you know, when you snore and then you kind of like go quiet. And then I heard this big roar and it sounded like an, a nasty lion's roar. And it so startled me. I was like, whoa, what was that? And it was very clear that it was like the sound of a roaring lion. And so I don't know if it was a demon doing that i don't know what it was but i well, know well, it was you, not you have him. a pretty good idea it was at least a demon maybe it was even it him. Was an, it maybe was, it was even the devil it was an evil entity that's for sure yeah that's what it felt like and um and it was it, it was really wow because you know because he was talking about that teaching i had touched a nerve i had and, touched a nerve and it just did it for like yeah for like one roar but it wasn't like you know like even Sebastian asked me after, well, you know, maybe it was like, you know, the, the line of Judah, like that kind of a roar or something. You oh, know, she like, says, no, it was definitely was like, not Jesus. <laughs> that was definitely not Jesus. This was like a scary roar, like a mad roar, yeah. like a real mad roar, like you pissed me off kind of roar, you know? And it just like stopped. Like I I woke up and it just flew, fleed. And I just like said, in the name of Jesus, go away. And I... I didn't hear anything else the rest of the evening. And um, and he actually was woken up by the roar. So he stopped snoring because he heard that roar, but he didn't know it was the, like he didn't hear it, like in the sense that he no. didn't know what it was. He ask. just knew that something, something woke, woke him up. Something woke me up. Yeah. yeah. 
So I, I was see, in other words, she was too sleepy. And, and, and when I posted that that experience on Facebook, I put a verse with it that we have the. <laughs> I think it's in Psalm Psalm, is it four Psalm four, that we have upstairs in our bedroom where it says, uh, "I I will uh, I will lie down and sleep in peace." Uh, uh, anyway that's a plaque we have on our wall that will lie down and sleep in peace. And we have that on our wall. So I just found it was kind of funny that it was actually true, even under those circumstances. So Peter in first Peter five, eight says, he, he reminds us that our enemy is roaring. is like a roaring lion seeking yeah. him to devour, which is a very good admonition to a good reminder for believers. And then he says, uh, Resist him standing firm in the faith. So how do we do that? Well, that's what we're going to equip you with you tonight. We're going to equip you with that because it's not always clear cut how we do that. So we're going to give you three easy steps. Well, easy. Okay. Maybe not easy. Three steps to resist the devil by standing firm in faith. So number one, the first step is remember, remember that it's not by might nor power, but by my spirit says the Lord, that you're going to do this, okay? Uh, in Zechariah 4, verses 6 to 9, we read this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then will you know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. See, Zerubbabel was the civic leader of Jerusalem. He had the responsibility to finish the work of rebuilding the temple. So, so the work had stalled and Zerubbabel needed encouragement to carry on the word. Uh, not the word, but the work. So he needed Strength. He needed to find strength and encouragement. And uh, in the vision of Zechariah 3, God spoke to Zerubbabel about the issue of purity, but purity alone was not enough to accomplish the work of God. The work of God also needs resources and not the resources, not the resources of, of human might or power. And in this case, God reminded him that it's not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So if you if you look at the word might, might focuses on collective strength, the resources of a group or of an army, that's might. But power focuses on individual strength. So God reminds us that it's not by your individual strength and it's not mm -hmm. by your collective strength, but by my spirit. So he's basically saying, don't rely on yourself. Don't rely on other men. Rely on me alone to do this thing. Yeah. And that word, not by might nor power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, is so fitting. If we go back to what we said in the beginning of the, the broadcast about the election right now, that's the way it's going to be. Not by might, not by power, but by God's spirit will the American people prevail over this, um, what's going on in their nation right now. So... It's not by our cleverness. It's not by anything human. It's by him. So that's how he was able to do this. Same thing with David and Goliath. Let's, let's take another example. David versus Goliath. It was not by might. It was not by power. But it was by the spirit of God that David uh, dealt a killing blow to Goliath. We all know this story. 
David versus Goliath. We love it. I, I teach it to my kids. My kids love it. It's one of their favorite stories. And it's found in 1 Samuel verse uh, uh, chapter 17. You want to read it, Liz? I'm kind of getting <clears throat> yeah. apart here. We're going to read you the passage here from 1 Samuel 17, the verses 45 to 47. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and uh, javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Mm. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's Amen. and he will give all of you into our hands. And I love this. I, I love how this little uh, passage ends. So David is saying here that Goliath was coming against him and Israel with what? With might and power. Mm -hmm. Might and power. Goliath had that. They were. They had an army. They had might, and he had power. He was nine foot three. He was a very impressive specimen, and he had a thundering voice. He must have been one scary <laughs> dude. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so he was coming with with power, but David understood that was not. He was not going to defeat Goliath by might or power, but by the the spirit of the living God. So he understood that at a very young age, and that's how he got the victory. It was through the spirit. He was fighting Goliath in the spirit. That's why he won the fight. So in Psalm, it's funny because in Psalm 144, 144 verses 1 and 2, David wrote that. And you're going to see it's the same guy. It was written years later, but it's the same guy. He says, praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my mm -hmm. shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. So he was a, he was a king then. Now, it was, it was not just uh, subduing giants of nine foot three giants. He was subduing peoples. So he was going, he was, he was a man of war and he had armies, but he understood that the victory all the victories that he had were God-given. It was because of the Spirit of God. So that was for number one. So remember that it's not by might or power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Number two, you need, I need to do it. Liz needs to do it. We all need to do it. Remember who, who is, with, is us. with us. Remember who is with us. And First John, you want to read it, Lizzie? Yeah, First so John chapter uh, four, verse three to four, we read every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is a spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. And we oftentimes we say this, right? The one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. We say that we say this verse out loud. Why? Because it builds up your faith. It makes you yeah. confident in God, right? It's so important. And in Revelation chapter 12, verse 
verses 3 and 4, we read that when Satan fell, the dragon with his tail, he brought a third of the angels with him. I always smile when I read that <laughs> verse because I see that verse as a good thing. Why do I see that verse as a good thing, Liz? Because you know that the other two-thirds are with us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly and who knows it. if he didn't make more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Satan can't make angels. Only God, God can. can make. Yeah. God can make more angels. So, so God probably made more of this since then. But at the time, at the time, there was just a third of the angels that were fallen and two-thirds who were still in the service of God and in the service of God's people. And like Liz said, who knows how many more he made <laughs> since then because he might have made more. He might have. Yeah. We don't know. It's not written anywhere, but he might have. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17, would you like reading that? Uh, it's on page 7, Liz? Or? Yeah, just a sec. Yeah, at the okay, bottom so of the page 7. When yeah. the servant of the man of God got oh, up. Oh, by the way, just put them, putting them in context, this is when Elisha was with a, a group, an army. They were going to war. Uh, and, and they were um, it was it was kind of it was kind of scary they, they weren't going to war but it was scary because the the, the city was surrounded so yeah uh, read that okay second kings chapter 6 15 to 17 when the servant of the man of god got up and went out early the next morning an army with horses and chariots sorry had surrounded the city oh no my lord what shall we do the servant asked don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Wow, what a sight that Amazing. must have been. I love that passage. It, it, it's such a good reminder of what we don't see. Uh, so I love that passage for that reason, because it makes mm -hmm. us realize that God can dispatch amazing armies of angels. Even Jesus said that he said, uh, when he was being taken uh, to be judged. right? Remember that by the Pharisees and the, the soldiers of the temple, they were taking him. And Peter took out his sword and he says, he, he rebuked Peter and he says, don't you realize that I could just like easily call right now and I would have like 200 angels here to help me. So it's it's something that is at our disposal to have the armies of heaven uh, to help us out and to assist us in times of need. Yes. The angels are working for us and with us, and it's written in Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister, to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So this is interesting, that passage, because it says that they are sent forth to minister for those who will who will inherit salvation. So when you're not saved yet, but you are to be saved and you're part of the elect of God, you have been ministered unto before you were even saved. God even then sent angels to, to minister unto you, to, to help you out and to maybe even save your life on a couple of occasions before you got saved. Yes. And then afterwards, as uh, uh, even more so, because now you are saved. Afterwards, you benefit from that a lot. And I remember I saw a nice uh, little comic strip on Facebook once on social media. And it was an image of a guy who was just walking down the street with hands in his pocket. And he was downtrodden. You could see he was like kind of depressed and not having a very good day. But all around him, 
there were angels fighting demons and 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 all uh, angels stopping cars and protecting him and all that and, and underneath it, it said uh, uh lift up your head because you don't know what's going on in the unseen yeah. so you know, sometimes your car won't start and you're angry because you're going to be late for work. But what you don't know is maybe that that your car didn't start because you would have gotten into a, a deadly accident on the way to work. Or maybe you would have uh, missed a red light and hit somebody or mm-hmm. we don't know everything. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the unseen every day of our life uh, that sometimes we misconstrue as bad circumstances or, or, or oh, I'm having a bad day. But sometimes this is stuff that's going on around you that is indeed serving you and protecting you from something that would be even worse. So never forget that. Yeah, sometimes that's the way it is. Yeah. I remember you, Liz. You you mm-hmm. one one day you uh you were late, you couldn't find your keys. You couldn't find your keys. And we looked all over, and, and then you were gonna be late and you were upset, and I was like, ah. And then you called me. You were you were in town. You called me. It says, "Wow, there's a big accident here on yeah. the road," and I don't know. It seems that it's like it's f- basically fresh, and I don't know if the timing of things it had was just on- happened. Yeah, it had just happened, and basically the delay stopped me from getting into that sandwich Possibly. because there yeah. were like four or five cars that literally smashed into each other. And it's like, you can't go anywhere else. It's just like one lane. So it's really like one bumped into the other, bumped into the other kind of thing. So I yeah. could have been the sandwich in the middle. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so that that time I didn't find my keys and it actually served me. Uh, <laughs> it's actually I'm, a good thing. And I'm going to take this opportunity to tell them the other story of when we were uh, married and uh, we, were, uh, we were preparing for a trip to Cuba, me and her and my mom and my sister. And... Uh, it was a stressful night because uh, I needed to go into work that night. And so Elizabeth, and, and there was a um, um, ice, there was ice storm, ice, yeah, uh, ice rain, ice, ice rain falling. And it was excessively slippery. Remember, we're in Canada. It was bad weather. I think it was in January, was it? Liz? I think yeah, we were in it January. Was in January. So she had to drive me to work. It was dark. It was rainy and it was very slippery. And we got into it. We were stressed out. We got into a heated, I don't even remember what it was about, a heated argument, like nasty. Like the kind of argument that, that you can hold a grudge for years, the kind of argument that you, <laughs> like you really like dislike each other to the point of maybe considering divorce, you know, like really bad. It was bad in the car. Yeah, and 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 I she drove me to work. We're screaming at each other. It was really bad. I'm fuming. Open the door, slam the door. She screeches the tires and leaves to go <laughs> to go pick up my mom. She had to go pick up my mom to, to go to the airport that next morning. Yeah. My mom and sister. Anyway. So I'm at work. I'm I'm going in the hall. I just I just left. I just slammed that door. It was crazy. I had uh, to but, go, I had to drive like super far. To go get her, her his mom, because she decided to go to a friend's house, bring her back to um we're supposed to go back to, to our home, and then all of us with my sister-in-law were supposed to sleep over because we were taking up the plane at a crazy time during the night. Anyway. But <laughs> I was fuming. I just to tell you, I was really mad. But then 
That's the Holy Spirit sometimes makes you do very strange things. He gives me a conviction, like a really, really strong and urgent conviction to pray for Elizabeth. I don't want to pray for Elizabeth. Not, not that day, not that moment. I, I, I didn't want to pray for her at all. <laughs> I wanted to do anything but pray. But the conviction was so strong that I couldn't escape it. So I began praying for Elizabeth, for her safety. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed until I felt a peace about it. And when I felt a peace, I, I stopped praying. And my bosses, my one of my bosses came to see me. I was working on the floor, maybe a, maybe an hour later, an hour and a half later. He comes and sees me, says, you need to go call your wife. She's been in an accident. So obviously I, I, I leave everything. I go call her. I, I'm stressed out of my mind. And explain, explain what happened. Make it short, though. Make it short because we haven't finished the teaching, but just make yeah, the crux so, of it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on this really big otter route. It's one of the biggest otter routes in Quebec. Um, and it's one of those, you know, very slippery evenings. People aren't going too fast, but it's, it's moving quite a bit. Um, and all of a sudden, this caravan comes out of nowhere and completely no like knocks me and I go spinning in the middle of the auto route. Remember it was icy, icy, it was icy very, very on the highway. Yeah. It was very, very icy. It was evening. It was getting pretty dark, full traffic, full traffic, a rush hour, rush hour. And it's just the way he like just, he spun out of control and hit and his behind basically um, knocked me. And then I went spinning around and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go smashing into all these cars because all these cars are coming on me. And I just look and I go, OK, I'm either dead in heaven or I wake up in an ambulance because okay. I just that saw like bad. like rolls and rolls of cars coming on top of me. And I, so I, I just like close my eyes and, and grab the 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 brake. Um, the, handbrake. the handbrake and pull as hard as I can, thinking, well, this is going to slow me down somehow. And next thing I know, I wake up, like I open my eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I? And I, I realize I'm on the side of the auto route, but she's like, like parked. I'm like parked. Like really straight. Straight. <laughs> like if someone literally took me and positioned me straight, right where, you know, where the cars decide to this, uh, they decide to take the exit if you want, like so they're not smashing into me. I'm kind of like put aside yeah. in an area where they can still pass and take their exit. So it's just like a little space area where, you know, I, I could stay. And so I'm thinking, how did I end up? How could it, how is this possible for me to end up here? Because logically, even if I'm spinning, like I should end up crooked somewhere or have another car, you know, smash into yeah. me. But the Lord really protected me. Um, I, I believe that there was an angel that there was angelic, took angelic me. interference. Yeah, <laughs> when I was spinning <laughs> and I closed my eyes, I didn't see a thing, and I was pulling yeah. on the brake. I think there was an angel that basically took me and placed me exactly where I was supposed to go because there's no way like that. That it, it was just impossible for anything else to explain this. I should have either had cars coming on, on me and smash into me because it was just like a few seconds. Like there was no way for them to react fast enough for them to break, especially in ice and not hit me, you know? And even if I had 
slowed down the process, I would have ended up crooked somewhere on the outer route, mm -hmm. not perfectly aligned right before the, the exit area, yeah, that was, on the, uh... like the ramp area where, you know, there's no danger for me to get hit. So I know, I knew, I know for sure it was angels. Like God really protected me. And that's because Sebastian had listened to this little voice inside of me. And I believe that was an attack from the enemy. I don't even remember yeah. what we were fight, yeah. fighting yeah. about, but it was just one of those, you know, when you're too stressed out and tired and you, and you fight, it's like the enemy likes to use those uh, moments puts to oil amplify, on the fire. Yeah. amplify those stupid fights that make no sense. And then, um, and then you, you don't even realize like, well, see, today we can't even remember what the I heck it was about. Probably but, was about toothpaste or something. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But, <laughs> you know, so it's just to show you, you know, how the devil basically wanted to, he knew that that could happen and he could off me. And so he, you know, the Lord put this pressing on his heart for him to to pray at that exact moment and not stop praying until he felt a peace. And, and when we spoke, he we both confirmed that's yeah. exactly that at the exactly moment at he the was time. praying yeah that's exactly what was happening i was spinning and and all <laughs> of that was happening and he was basically praying for me and yeah. and it saved my life right so there's going to be times like that there's been other times like that that the lord spoke to yeah. each other to to pray and we weren't in the same midst and and we were connected that way so who remember basically what we're saying is remember who is with us so there you have the Lord, the spirit of the living God, the same spirit who rose Jesus from the dead yeah. resides within you. Now that's something incredible. Like it's wow. It's majestic. It's so, so powerful. And so that's point number two. Now we're at point number three. Remember. So it's all three are remembers, right? Remember, it's not by might nor power. Remember who is with you. And now remember to put on the whole armor of god the whole armor not not just five out of six items not four out of six items you need all six items because as soon as you're missing one item you're vulnerable okay so i'm going to read from ephesians 6 um verse 10 to 13. absolutely yeah go finally ahead. be strong in the lord and his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. So... Amen. It's very important that we remember this verse even now with everything is going that's going around in the election because that's why I was saying we're we're warring against principalities that are trying to take down um, you know our rights our freedoms they're trying to take down um, you know all the all the laws that go against the Bible against the Ten Commandments uh, thou shalt not kill abortion and so many other things that we don't even see mm -hmm. because there's so many, there's so much corruption that there's so many bills that are changed and so many, you know, laws that are changed under our noses and it's barely mentioned to the media through the media. So a lot of people don't even know half of what they, they and, changed and oftentimes, since they've been there. Oftentimes what they do on the news, they, they make you focus on, on something. They in create particular. a, they create a, a fake scandal. A diversion, a diversion. Yeah. 
they and they pass the bill exactly and, and you just you see these, these these bills are passed they're like strolling down on your screen and while you're print. watching whatever hurricane or whatever other they did that big with scandal black, thing yeah when the black, black lives, lives matter yeah and then all of a sudden they were trying to change bills and do this and do that and it was all on the bottom of the screen absolutely and, and those meanwhile are the, you guys are stuff. looking at the riots and you're looking at this happening on the news but the 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 real stuff that's happening is behind they don't the want, scenes they, they don't, don't want, want people you to, to talk about all the laws and stuff exactly. that they're changing yeah exactly so so i like what the passage you read because he says twice in that passage to put on the whole armor of god so we're just we're not going to give a whole teaching on the whole armor of god because it would take too long yeah, that's a sermon read it that's quickly. a sermon on of its own but uh he says so he mentions the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Just, I'm just going to give a little, a few comments about each item. The belt of truth. See, when we think, when we think here in the West, belt, we, we we wear belts around our waist. It's not a slim belt. Back in those days, first of all, we know that Paul is talking about the image that he's giving is that of a Roman uh, soldier. Okay. So the belt that he's talking about, the belt of truth, was something that was put underneath. It was like a garment, basically, that the soldier put underneath that held the whole armor together. It held everything. It held the breastplate and it held uh, mm -hmm. the, the back breastplate and all the stuff, the, the, the shoulder uh, plates and everything that the soldier was wearing. So it was not a small little belt that we put around our, our waist. So we got to get that image out of our heads. In other words, Paul is saying here that truth, being a lover of truth, a pursuer of truth, worshiping in spirit and in truth is what holds the whole armor together for the believer. That's so important. Yeah. Now, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, Roman soldiers have breastplates on the, on the front of their armor oftentimes these breastplates were like sculpted like a, a torso and it was like very thick that protects your vitals and it protects your heart so you always need to protect your heart and proverbs we read the uh, protect your, uh, your heart at all costs right so you need to your heart to be protected the sandals of the gospel of peace uh, earlier we were discussing she goes like what is what's the sandals well first of all the sandals of the gospel of peace uh, they, you go everywhere when you're walking. And basically, you're walking. And soldiers, we know they walk a lot, especially back in those days. They walked a lot, a lot of mileage. And so they needed something to protect their feet. And as believers, I should add that we, Jesus said we would walk over all the power of the enemy, the serpents and the scorpions. And, and these are creatures that lay low to the ground. We're going to walk on them. We walk on them. So you want to be protected. Uh, you don't want to be like Achilles that has a weakness and close by to the foot, right? So the sandals uh, would, would be something that they protect their foot, but they were also laced up and they would go high up on the leg. Mm -hmm. The shield of faith. Now, the shield of faith, I just want to say this uh, quickly. A lot of people think that the shield, of faith, uh, the shield of faith is your only defensive weapon. And I've been told, I've, I've listened to tons of sermons throughout the years on uh, the, the the pieces of the whole armor of God, the six six parts, and whenever the pastor or teacher would mention the shield of faith, he said that's your defensive weapon; is to protect you against all the inflamed darts of the enemy. That's true. 
But what they fail to mention, and that what I'm going to tell you is so important, what they fail to mention is that the shields back then also served an offensive uh, purpose. If you if you recall seeing the movie Gladiator, Maximus, when he's in the arena, man, these fights were so well choreographed. Mm -hmm. But when he's fighting in the arena, he used his shield just as much as his sword to cause damage. Yeah. And it caused a heck of a lot of damage because the shield was like this blunt instrument that would they could smash in the face of their opponent or use to push their opponent away and break some ribs if they could like hit it well on a uh, mm -hmm. on, a, on the leg or anyone, it could cause a lot of damage. So yes, it's to protect. That's the first purpose of the shield, to protect. But it's also to attack. And that's faith. See, I, I like that it's the shield of faith because your, your faith uh, protects you, but it also helps you to move forward and attack with, with vitality. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is something you put on your head. It protects what? protects your mind, it protects your head. The enemy is after your mind. He always attacks your mind first. It always begins with a thought, just a thought. And that's where fear can creep in. That's where discouragement can creep in. That's where uh, low self-esteem can creep in. It begins with a thought. So wear the helmet of salvation. Why of salvation? Simply because this, when you know who you are, your identity, you're a child of the living God. And who you know whose you are, that's your identity. So that's the helmet of your salvation. We are saved, and when once we're saved, we belong to him. So that's all about identity. And the enemy will do everything he can to put doubts in your mind uh, concerning your identity. And finally, the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirits, which in Hebrew says that it can slice in this between the sinews and 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 between the 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 bone and the marrow it's so precise the sword of the spirit which is the word of god the both the logos and the rima it's the sword of the spirit when we when we read the word of god we we get encouragement to move forward with uh with vigor and 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 uh and courage so it's so important to feed yourself with that uh, that word of God, that sword, to have it with you all the time. Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, he fought back using the sword of the spirit constantly. Boom, boom, boom. Everything that the enemy sent against him, he replied with the sword of the spirit. Yeah, and we need to do the same thing. Um, you know, when whenever we get negative thoughts, whenever the enemy tries to give you doubts, it's good to have those verses handy. Um, you know, that that you if there's certain areas that you struggle with, maybe you're struggling with your finances, maybe it's your health. Um, you can, you know, keep those uh, verses near your bedside and memorize them so that when the enemy gives you those thoughts that you can just replicate, uh, um, not replicate, repeat, repeat. repeat yeah, yeah. Just to, to remind yourself to, to constantly build up your faith and basically tell him, tell the devil that you believe in this, that your God is this, that your God promised you this. Because the more you do that, the more you're fighting him with the sword of the spirit. You're fighting him with the word of God. Amen to that. And, and there's been times when I was uh, being attacked in my mind and Liz had to wage spiritual warfare on my behalf. She would come and lay her hands on me and pray. Sometimes it's a physical ailment. Sometimes it's literally a migraine. Other times it's I'm discouraged. I, I'm, I'm doubting myself or whatever. And she's going to pray. 
And she's going to say, cast that out. Cast that thought away. Bring that thought captive to Christ right now. <laughs> Sometimes she's, she really stirs me to action. And other times it's been me. I had to, to yeah. do some spiritual warfare. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Liz was discouraged, completely discouraged, but out of, out of the ordinary. It was like not normal. And I knew there was an attack on her, like a, a vicious one. And I had to, to cast it out and pray for her. She was being attacked. It happens. And the the enemy always attacks our mind. Yeah. And it, it starts with little thoughts here and there that you let ferment, yeah. you know, that you don't they kick, escalate. that you don't kick when, when the devil tries to, you know, because we, we sometimes think it's our thought thinking that, you know, that we're just a bit negative or that, you know, <clears throat> we're just not seeing things the right way. And you're like, oh, I shouldn't think like that. But Sometimes it's the devil planting yeah. that seed, planting that thought of, that seed of doubt you know, or fear oh, or whatever. Oh, this is going to happen or that's not going to happen or whatnot. And just giving you doubt. And then you have to cut that. You have to break that off and, and tell him no. And why you're, you're basically telling him. Off. And just and quote scriptures, quote just scripture. quote the scriptures that are opposite of what you're thinking. Yeah. You know, so if you're, if you're, you're yeah. a liar and because you know this, because my God says this and my God says that. And yeah, exactly. You, you quote the scripture that's relevant to what is going on in, in, the, in your mind at that time. That's negative. Mm -hmm. So let's recap. Number one, remember that it's not by might or power, but by his spirit says the Lord. Number two, remember who is with us, that who is with us. And for us, and number three, remember to put on the whole armor of God. And when I could close this with, remember when I shared with you the, the verse, First uh, Peter 5, 8, the devil is a, like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. Well, in that same passage, uh, verses 9 and 10 is so interesting because we find great encouragement there. Or is it 10 and 11 anyway? And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. It's right after that passage I read you. Who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so he's basically saying, Peter, that if you, you get under attack, by the devil, you will suffer a little while. It's part. It's part of our lot in life, as as especially as believers. And even in this life, we have tribulation. Forget the devil. Just life is hard. Life. We live in a fallen world, so there's yeah. all kinds of difficulties that we meet. But uh, when the devil uh, comes in and, and tries to to attack you, it's even worse. So you will suffer a little while when that happens. But then we're reminded that after we've suffered a little while, God Himself restores us and makes us strong that's you that's elizabeth uh, that's me uh, and he makes us strong firm and steadfast uh, all beautiful things to him be the power forever and ever amen so we hope that you enjoyed this broadcast we hope that this is going to really give you um, a good foundation um, for spiritual warfare and how you see yourself in christ um, because i think you know sometimes we're we're too focused on uh, problems or circumstances yeah. and not enough uh, of who is in us, right? The, the Holy Spirit that's in us, the power of God is in us. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm reminded by that often when I talk to my kids because sometimes they have a nightmare and they get scared by whatever they dreamt. And, you know, and we have to remind them, you know, that 
that God is on their side, God is watching over them when they sleep and that the power of God is in them and that nothing can harm them. And then they're like, oh, okay. Like they, they too need to be reminded. And we're a bit like that, right? Sometimes we're like children. We, we know, but we need to be reminded that we do have his power in us and we, we are strong because of it. Yeah, a funny thought just occurred to me because, you know, when we're, we're kids, uh, we go to our parents, we're scared. And your parents say, well, there is no monster under the bed. There is no monster under the bed. But as believers, we know there is a monster <laughs> under the bed. And we know how to cast out the monster under the bed. So that's the good part. So we, we know there are some of those instances where the kid actually did see something. Yeah. Not all the time. Sometimes they're just scared or whatever. But sometimes, yeah, they're, they're, they do have... Um, you know, bad entities trying to, try to come and attack your kids or sometimes through their dreams kids. or yeah. whatever. So you have to cast them out and do spiritual warfare. Pray with your children. Uh, take them close to you. Hug them. Secure them. Make them feel safe, but also pray with them. Show them how it's done. And what they learn at that age, they'll never forget, especially if that thing or whatever tried to scare them doesn't come back. Exactly. So, um, don't forget to go to thrivingonpurpose.com. There's free resources there for you if you're a first-time listener. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Thriving on Purpose. Um, on YouTube, we put broadcasts on there on a regular basis. Sebastian's doing a Monday night Bible teaching every Monday. And we do this teaching uh, together on Wednesday nights. And uh, we'll eventually have more guests coming on on Friday nights. So oh, that's going to be exciting. So that's going to be fun. So uh, go check that out. So be blessed. And thrive on. <laughs>